Hey everyone, welcome to The Exchange Daily, where every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday we release a new podcast where we meditate on a psalm or a passage in a psalm. We uh, practice God's word, we seek to do it together. Our hope is just to bring our mind and our thinking onto Jesus, on his word, and we hope you've been enjoying that. Today is Friday, April 24th, 2020. We have been in Psalm 23 for the past uh, couple of podcasts, maybe a couple more actually. And so if you want, just turn to Psalm 23 or remove distractions. We would love for you to just be able to participate uh, with us in this. Um, one announcement, a little bit different today. Um, at this moment, right now, today, we were supposed to be in Israel. We were taking about 20 people from our church to Israel. Um, and even Jordan or Petra, kind of where they filmed Indiana Jones, that scene where he rides up the temple on a horse. And it's beautiful. It's amazing. Um, listen, obviously things have changed. Our world has changed a bit. Um, the tour company has allowed us to push the trip back to October. So we're leaving October 14th. Um, there are a few benefits to that. They're giving us an extra day for the same price. Uh, so we get more time there. If you want to go to Jordan, they're making that $300 cheaper. And now so we have nonstop flights from Miami to Tel Aviv, which is great. Listen, I know that not everyone can do this. I know that some people obviously are hurting and our church is here to support in that time and we would love to help. We have a form online if you do need that. Um, we also know that some people's work is it's almost busier for them and they're getting more work or more business at this time. Um, listen, regardless, here's the, here's the idea. Um, we know that this is a trip of a lifetime and I've personally experienced the benefit of just you, you read the, the Bible differently. Um, we're going to go there. We're going to go to the Sea of Galilee, Mount of Olives, Garden of Gethsemane, Jerusalem, City of David, Caesarea, the Elah Valley where David fought Goliath, Mount Carmel where Elijah caught on fire from heaven, um, the Golan Heights, Bethlehem. We're going to Bethlehem where we're in Psalm 23 who David was a shepherd in Bethlehem. And we're going to go to see really like the fields and the hills of Bethlehem where he was a shepherd, where Jesus was born. Um Listen, here's the thing. We know this is an investment, but I, I genuinely believe this will forever change how you read the Bible. Um, your love for not just the Jewish people, but like our history, our roots. You know, as a church, we're in the book of Hebrews, and I really believe this is a way for us to kind of get in touch with our, our history. And so I believe you'll love this. Um, we're also trying to make it more of like an adventure trip where we're going to do like, you know, an ATV ride in the Golan Heights, and you'll see Lebanon and Syria and kayak trip down the Jordan, um, just different hot springs we want to visit and camel rides with Bedouins. Like we're trying to also make it interactive um, because I think uh, we don't want it just to be, hey, look at this site and let's leave, but to kind of enjoy it, take it in. And so um, this really will be a life-changing trip. If you or anyone you know who would like to go with us, um, you can sign up on our website. Um, the last day to sign up is July 13th. If for some reason we're still in this crisis, we will just contact the tour company and postpone it. But as right now, everything's looking like, and we talked to people in Israel, uh, we should be good to go for October 14th. So if that interests you at all, please sign up. If you have questions, email us. We'd love to answer that. Listen, we're in Psalm 23, and we're just going to look at verse 5. So we looked at verse 1 through 4. I want to look at verse 5. And this is where David is now talking to the Lord, talking to him. So he said, the Lord is my shepherd. He leads me. He restores me. Now he's saying, you, you. Um, verse four, we saw that shift your rod, you know, your staff, they comfort me. You are with me. So verse five is that same. Now he's addressing the Lord and it's very unique, um, phrases that maybe you read before, maybe you have questions about. So I want to just draw our attention to that. So verse five, David writes this, you prepare a table before me 
in the presence of my enemies. Now, this is interesting, a table. Now, this could suggest abundance, foresight, care, like God's preparing, he's preparing. Um, this is foresight. It suggests this personal connection. Um, some people say that David here left the sheep illustration and now is talking about God like a host at a party. Um, I don't fully agree with that. Here, here's the idea. When we see the word table, we think like table or kitchen, where you eat dinner or breakfast, whatever. Um, but a table is a flat place in the hilly country or countries where um, they're called tables, like a mesa. A mesa is a table. And the word table here literally means something spread out. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. Um, these tables allowed them to eat and rest as they headed out. Now, there is something on these hills called white camas. I believe that's how you say it, white camas, also known as like the mountain death flower or mountain death cama. Um, they are beautiful but deadly to sheep. Um, they're deadly to many things, actually. A shepherd would prepare the table, but he would really prepare the land, and he would pluck these poisonous plants. And so maybe that's the one way or the idea that David's you know, sharing. You prepare a table, you prepare a feast for me. You get rid of all the deadly poisonous flowers and things like that. Now, you might hear this phrase and think, what kind of God prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies? Why not in the presence of our friends. Like, what is that? Listen, Jesus ate with enemies. Jesus ate with people who hated him. He ate with Pharisees. He ate with sinners. Jesus ate with Judas. Jesus ate with outcasts. And the goal was to win them, not to disassociate with sinners and enemies. Um, some of us hate our enemies so much that we don't even want to look at them or especially eat with them. But Jesus said to love our enemies, bless those who curse you, pray for those who use you, to do good. Um, and so we see Jesus do this. So what is it to you? Jesus said, if you love those who love you, everyone does that. I mean, even unbelievers love those who love them. There's something different about a follower of Jesus who you could say eats a meal with his enemy. Um, and maybe this is just to show that we need to live peacefully with those we disagree with. I think, especially now, just under the climate we're in, just to live peaceably with others. Um, Side note, just, you know, in the Middle Eastern culture, you could be invited into an enemy's tent or home. Um, and once you came in to their home or their tent, even if all the people, you know, hated you and wanted you dead, wanted to slit your throat. I mean, there's just aggression. I mean, there was like a law of hospitality, basically. And there's different words for this, but there was a law of hospitality. You were a guest. Once you got inside, like you're safe. And they were there actually to take care of you. Um, and there's nothing, there's nothing like that. I mean, if the Lord wants to bless us, there's nothing our enemy or Satan can do. And so he's like, you prepare a table. You prepare, I think, like a feasting ground with, obviously, for me in the presence of my enemies. Next, he says this phrase, you anoint my head with oil. And again, the reason why I want to go through these like line by line is maybe you just never considered the um, meaning behind these, considered why David, a shepherd who's writing from a sheep's perspective, is like talking this way. Um, this is so interesting. You anoint my head with oil. Listen to this. Um... I mean, just big picture, oil in the Bible has always been really a symbol or symbolic for God's Spirit, for the Holy Spirit. You know, if you see oil, it speaks of God's Spirit. 
And God anoints our head with his spirit. We are covered in the spirit. David is looking at the sheep's head being anointed and he says, um, that's me with God's spirit. God just anoints my head with God's spirit. Now, there are many reasons, listen to this, many reasons why a shepherd would anoint a sheep's head with oil. And you can look into this. I keep mentioning Philip Keller's book, A Shepherd's Look at Psalm 23, and there's other books like this. But um, here's the idea. There's a few reasons why a shepherd would anoint a sheep's head with oil. Number one, it keeps the bugs and the ticks from the sheep. All sorts of flies and bugs, deer flies, black flies, nasal flies um, would land on the uh, sheep. Summertime is like fly time. They bother sheep. The nose fly will actually lay its eggs in the nostril of the sheep and the eggs will hatch in a few days and form like a worm-like larva and they'll work its way into the nasal passage into its head. So sheep, you might see sheep like constantly shaking their head. It's because they're harassed by this fly. And if they fly, if the fly is successful, it creates little larvae or worms. It'll crawl up the nose, and it'll just the sheep will eventually beat its head against a tree to get rid of it. Like it, it frustrates it so much, and a sheep has been known to kill itself by hitting its own head against a tree to the point where it dies, or a rock, or something like that. Um, it can even lead to sheep's blindness. And so, a good shepherd would mix oil with sulfur, and he would spread it over the sheep's head, and it would repel the flies. And immediately, there's a change in the sheep's attitude. Like, it can think again. It can be at peace again. And so it was to keep the bugs and the ticks away from the sheep. Uh, secondly, listen to this. The shepherd would anoint a sheep's head because of something called scab. Sheep get something called scab. It's a parasite that spreads throughout the flock by direct contact with infected sheep. And sheep will uh, rub up against each other. And that's how scab can spread. So sheep even need to do social distancing when they have that. So we get it. We're kind of there right now. Um, it's usually found uh, around the head because the sheep will rub heads. Um, and uh, only a couple sheep can just spread the disease to the whole flock. And so again, the oil that would be rubbed on the head was to help avoid scab. And so too with us, listen, disease can spread so quickly and not just physical d- disease. Um, you cannot be around people who are not like Christ without eventually becoming like them. I mean, even in the church, there are people who are so not sheepish. They don't truly follow the shepherd. They have their own agenda. They want to hurt people. They want to gossip, backbite, my plan, my way is better. Um, you've seen this in the church in many different ways. And it's like scab. It can spread and cause disease and cause pain. And, and so the shepherd would say, listen, we're going to anoint your head to um, not spread this, these, this pain, this lies, this hurt, whatever it might be. Um, next, the shepherd, number three, would anoint their head with oil because of simply fighting. Big sheep fight, sheep fight. Um, at night, the shepherds, and you could at night hear sheep's head crashing into each other. Um, and the idea was oil was on the head. Sheep, you know, a little fluffy sheep head being rubbed with oil that would kind of like rub off, you know, each other. Like so they would, their heads would hit and the oil would kind of push it away and make it less contact. Um, and even with God's people, there's a lot of fighting, knocking. Uh, we don't see eye to eye people who go back to churches because of broken relationships, or they don't want to go back to churches because of broken relationships. And the head was anointed with oil. So the idea is what's bugging you? Um, what is bothering you? What we need, what do you need oil for on your head? What do you need the Holy Spirit for? Is it parasites outside things? Is it just fighting internally? Um, is it like, what, it, what is it? Is there disease spreading? Is something happening? The whole idea is, God, you anoint my head. You're at work. You are already trying to solve problems I don't see. Fill us with your spirit. Um, God, forgive me. Let there be love and, and no longer conflict among us. The Lord anoints my head with oil. And then next he says this, and this is like really the last phrase I want to look at. Um, he says, my cup runs over. My cup runs over. 
And maybe you've heard this phrase, but really, the Lord does not just fill our cup, but it, it overflows. I don't know if there's a Christian phrase that like explains the Christian life better than my cup runs over. I mean, think about this. It's like he keeps pouring and pouring. My cup is not partly filled, but it's fully filled. Um, so often superlatives have to be used, you know, to describe the Christian life. It's not just joy, but it's that unmeasurable joy. It's not based off circumstances. It's not like I'm par- like God is partially good to me, but and he's not just even fully good to me. It just runs over. My cup runs over, not just for me to be blessed, but here's the idea. He wants to bless those around you. God doesn't just want to overflow your cup, but to bless the people that are around you. You know, so what's the point of overflowing? Uh, Just for it to overflow and to bless someone else. I mean, we overflow so we can bless others. Here's what Charles Spurgeon said about this. He said, beloved, I will ask you now a question. How would it be with you if God had filled your cup in proportion to your faith? How much would you have had in your cup? If God fulfilled our you know, cup in proportion to our faith, how full would our cup be? And I just, I love that question. Like, man, I want to see the church's cup running over. I want to see my cup running over. And I think that's us believing again in a big God. I think it's us believing again that um, God can make our cup not just full, but more than full in order like God blesses me so I might bless others. God said that to Abraham. Guys, we've experienced that. I mean, God has been so faithful in his provision. You know, just I just laugh at the season we're in. We're like, we got our, you know, for us personally, so we got our taxes back. We got the stimulus thing. And we're like, God, okay, who do you want us to bless? Okay, we'll bless the church. And who else? What else? Like, you've blessed me so we can be a blessing to others. You know, maybe you're in that place where you go, man, Lord, you've been so good. Um, the stimulus thing. Did I really, Lord, well, how can I use it to bless someone? Um, how can I you know, just invest maybe myself spiritually, something like in Israel. I mean, what can, God has just blessed us to be a blessing. Um, here, here's the idea. This idea of the cup runs over. The cup reminds um, me here of the cup that Jesus drank from. I mean, think about this. It reminds us of the cup of communion. When Jesus said, take this cup, this is my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. The cup Jesus took reminds me that I am forgiven. The cup runs over. Really listen to this. The cup of communion runs over. Jesus's blood is enough and there's enough for you and for me and then the person down the street. I mean, no matter what you have done, his cup, the communion cup runs over. His blood is enough. Amen. My cup runs over. My life, the blessing, God, you're so good. It's, it's just, it's like, you're so good. I need to now bless others. And Jesus, your blood is more than enough. Your cup of communion the cup that you took. Jesus, it's more than enough. I can be right with God because of the cup, because the cup of your blood that runs over for the forgiveness of many. Listen, um, the reason again, we're going through this slowly or line by line is maybe you've never had a chance to meditate on a passage like this before. And we hope you read the Bible differently. We hope you approach it with the context. We hope we can practice the word of God. You know, in some ways it's hard to practice things when there's no like commands. Like we haven't really read a command here as much as just us being reminded of who God is, what he's done, what he's doing. And really this is to create worship. So this is one of those things for us church where I'd say worship, thank God, praise him. God, you anoint my head with oil. God, you want me to reconcile with enemies. You want me to eat with them, love them, serve them. 
God, my cup is full. It runs over. It's not even full. It runs over. And this is just for us to thank the Lord, praise the Lord. I'd say some of you might need to reconcile relationships during this whole pandemic. Some of you might need to just address conflict in your life. You're always fighting with others. And God's like, let me anoint your head with oil. Maybe you're always causing division and pain. You, you bring hurt to people. And maybe the Lord's like, let me, you need, you need my spirit. You need the oil to just be on your head. So church, listen, worship, reconcile, pray, ask for God's spirit to overwhelm you. And um, on Monday, our next podcast, we'll look at verse six. And listen, we love you guys. I miss you guys so much. I I don't know. I just want you guys to know how much we miss you. And I cannot wait together to wait till we're back together in person. I know I keep saying that, but there's something where like, I want to celebrate when we're back together. Um, please be a part of a Zoom group. Please reach out to people, text people, see how they're doing. Would you just be in prayer over all this, that God would accomplish his purpose and there'd be just renewal in the church and healing in the church and in relationships. And um, I want to remind everyone also tonight at 8 30 p.m. So Friday night, my wife and I are going to be doing like a relationship thing on Facebook Live and Instagram Live on dating, engagement, marriage, relationships, friendship. Um, If you want to text in your questions, the phone number is on our social media. We'd love for you to be part of that. Uh, But that is it. We love you guys. God bless you guys. Uh, We'll see you in Zoom groups. We'll see you on Sunday through our live stream. Have a great week. God bless you guys.